Anyways, welcome everybody. Welcome everybody. That was that was Faking News Podcast. That, uh, welcome to Faking News Podcast. Uh, your number one source for uh, <laughs> news on Rudy Giuliani's uh, crotch. This is where we have live updates. Uh, how politicians are keeping it or not keeping it in their pants. Four right, two. Okay, so spoilers if you haven't seen it. This is your warning. It's fucking hilarious and it's really pertinent to this this joke we're going down. So there's like uh in Kazakhstan, like Borat's daughter is like watching this movie that's like Cinderella, Sleeping mm-hmm. Beauty type <coughs> cartoon, <laughs> but it's about Melania. It's about uh how she met Donald at like a ball, and then there's like this part where uh they start to dance but they start to dance because donald oh trump God. grabs her by the pussy it's so it's so it's so bad it's so offensive but it's so funny dude like you, you just gotta watch this thing it's outlandish as you would expect about borat dude i can't just, wait oh they like crash like this thing with mike Pence. it's just so wild dude, that he can so do that funny. and it's not even actors or other things betraying it. It's just straight up him with the real people. And it's just people being themselves around this crazy character. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're like a couple core characters. Speaking of a couple core characters in on the bit today, let's, we're going to have a a short one for y'all folks, but we just wanted to update you on what we're actually up to. (laughs) It feels like we've had a lot of like great interviews Let's do it. Yeah, we could just talk about it, bro. Like, we don't have to, like, preface it. Yeah, like, so, like, um, yo, what are you doing right now, dude? Why, so why don't, why don't I, I am see actually in Dallas, Texas right now, staying with two dear friends. You know, we're, um, what is it? We're coexisting together. We're potting. We're quarantined. We've, we're starting a commune. Yeah. You're, you're starting a commune? Oh, Dope, dude. Dude, that's entrepreneurial as fuck. Interns. We're going to live off the land, man. So if you're 20-something, you're lost, you have no connection to your family, make sure you find his farm <laughs> that he's staying on, okay? He'll take care of you. He'll, he'll make you feel like you belong. And so right? what I've been up to, uh, a couple <laughs> things. So things have been really busy. I think, yeah, we can just do a little life update. So... Three or so pieces of the puzzle. Well, four, including the pot. Um, so one, working at a company called Tonebase. One of the nice things about it is that it's a online music education company. You can somewhat think of like a masterclass.com. I know all of you are getting hit by this ad. They're ads. And what we do is, is it's not really necessarily focused yet on the very beginnings of guitar and piano, because there's a lot of resources out there. It really kind of targets the advanced amateur, the professional, the teacher, and they go out and they record the big names, performers and pedagogues talking in depth about pieces, how to perform it, how to analyze it, how to practice it. And it'll be, you know, it might be an hour on just one piece. It's just shot really well. It's, it looks cinematic. It's kind of nice. It's just really targeting that specific niche group that doesn't get a lot of love with your typical online beginner-based course. Now we are going to be diverting towards earlier learners. We got some exciting things ahead, but what I specifically do for them 
is I'm at the end of the process. I basically take everyone else's hard work and then I make sure it's all in the right place. I'm the quality assurance in a sense. I, I put all the pieces together and then I get that going on the site. So a lot of different people, you've got editors, you've got people making, you know, supplemental materials. I'm working on scores and there's data, information, descriptions, one-liner, images. And so some of the things I'll make and some of the things I'll assemble. And I, I put it all in the nice little package and then pop it on the site and make sure everything looks okay. So it's kind of nice. It's, I don't know what the metaphor is, but I'm like running around and just trying to like catch all the fruits and bananas and dodge all the hammers and to, to get a new high score and to really deliver like a flawless video. Yeah, I, the game is there was so no, 80s, it's not like Call bro. of Duty, like it's no so one's like 80s. throwing grenades at me or yeah. something. <laughs> Teabagging me. But I, I love what I do and I'm actually <laughs> going to be, uh, it's in the works, moving up in a sense to just take over post-production. And now that's a more common thing. The nice thing about this is that what I did before was kind of hard to explain, uh, but now it, it's going to be more clear. I'll be uh, head of post-production. So kind of just overseeing everything once the video is shot and that'll be exciting. Because I love what I do. Mm -hmm. Everyone at the company is a musician themselves or like highly involved with music. It's still very startup, but they've got a great mission. I love doing what we do. I think the content is incredible. And we're just a few years in on this journey. So I've been with them almost officially, probably officially one year now. That's a big part of my day to day now. It's a part of income. It's a significant part of work. And so that's one piece of the puzzle. And then maybe we can kind of bounce back and forth. So what's taking up your time, Drew? What's your big piece of the puzzle? Well, um, it's been, this is, this last month has been super crazy, bro. Performances aren't back, but like I've been, I've had the fortune to like play a few of them, play a few performances. So there was like this one with this uh, group called Mostly Mozart. It's run by, um, it's pretty much composed of uh, lots of concert masters from and principal players from across the country that come together to play chamber music. And That's so awesome. I guess like, I guess they were like, well, damn, uh, all the violists are out of town. I guess we better <laughs> just like get this guy to come through and see if he could just fill in. So that was where I went in and we did a, it was a drive-in concert. So it was in like, it was at uh, Del Mar. <laughs> the Delmar Arena, but it was like in the parking lot. So people just drove up in cars. We had a full sound system. Uh, and we did two shows, and it was just, it was weird because we would finish playing and be a moment of silence. And, <laughs> honk, honk, honk. and then I felt like I was immediately on the, I was like trying to go through downtown LA on the, on the, the, the 101 or whatever, and just stuck in traffic. It was so crazy just to, Go from Carnegie Hall to just like <clears throat> bumper to bumper LA traffic and just like the sound from Carnegie Hall to car. So that was cool. Um, and then like I've also just been doing a lot mm -hmm. of random stuff. Like I I've done a couple of shoots with JoJo. Yeah, you know, JoJo, loosely, the, uh, loosely. Yeah, get up right now. It's the end of you and me. Like she's she's this really great cool artist. Um, super cool. Yeah, I just did like uh with Winton and Daniel Lim. We did, yeah, we did it. Uh, we did a show for Stephen Colbert and D Sharp. 
Yeah, you've talked a lot. Because D-Sharp lived up by me in LA, right? Dude, that's my boy. Mm -hmm. But now he's in like, he's out of the city. Like he's he's not living (laughs) no no more. Oh, that's dope. No, no, no. no. Okay. (laughs) And and then I also, this week, I I had, uh, this past week was the craziest week of my entire life. I can't tell you what movie it was for on um on the record because mm-hmm. it hasn't really been like fully fleshed out yet, but it's coming this 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 holiday season. Um and I got to play principal on this on this Hollywood film. So Wednesday I was at Fox and then throughout the whole week on Monday I had a recording and then uh just Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, I was doing nothing but um, this, this this residency with the Southern Utah University where I was going to classrooms, I was talking to kids, I was talking to entrepreneur classes, I was performing, just kind of like sharing uh, some of the things I've learned as a uh, an artist entrepreneur. And then on Saturday, yes, was that yesterday? No, that was, yesterday was Sunday, sorry. Saturday, I spent nine and a half hours judging the Colorado MTNA uh, competition. So, <sighs> man, man, Ooh. now it's insane. We've been week. trying to figure <laughs> out our schedules, so. and it's kind of nuts. It really brings to yeah. mind what we've talked about kind of recently. We put a nice little bow on the routines and schedules and money and all that stuff with the awesome conversation with Winton, but it really kind of solidifies the law of forward motion is that as we put more out there, the universe, so to speak, gives back. So we've actually been like really busy and too busy. <laughs> and now we're, we're on that side of the spectrum. Uh, it seems Way like a lot busy. of what you've been doing is all these really awesome. Yeah. I guess I've been doing a lot of like cool, like backend things, so to speak, like behind the scenes. And you've been, you've been doing a lot of really cool uh, front-facing things, public-facing these concerts, all of these recordings that we can't talk specifics about yet, but they're super dope. Mm-hmm. And then also judging mm-hmm. competitions. It's really cool. How does it feel to really be out there? <laughs> Bro, it's like I'm, I'm very thankful. I'm very grateful. Uh, this is a time when a lot of people are not working. This is a time when a lot of people are really um, having a hard time. And I, th- I, I want, I want them to know that I know exactly what that's, what that's like. Cause like when I left school, that's literally what my life was like. It was like getting no work, like literally busking in the subways for hours just to like maybe make 60 bucks. You know what I mean? Just to like maybe make sure that I don't have to dip into my loan money to like mm-hmm. pay for food, right? I can use that loan money for uh, paying my rent or or bigger purchases right so it was just it's this constant struggle of like <sighs> I, I understand it and and i think that building my online infrastructure has really the been the testament and the reason why my life is like shaping up a little differently because i've also built different skills and that's why i like really 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 want to drive home for everybody listening and i'm sure you, you've heard me say it before i'm gonna say it again Build skills other than your instrument. Your instrument is not the most interesting part about you. It is not. It should not be the only way you make your money. 
Because if nobody needs you to play your instrument, that means you get no money coming in, right? And so I think it's just really important to spend some time really uh, developing another skill that would be valuable to the, the market that could complement your actual music. Like I could go out tomorrow and if I really needed to, I could say, hey guys, I'll do photos for a hundred bucks, one hour sessions, come through who needs some headshots for their bios or something like that. And I could get, I could get a little bit of work that way. And what's really nice about it is we've been preaching it, but particularly now you are a testament to, to what you just said. You are a walking monument of what it's like to have diversified skills and then have that payoff because like you're, you're getting all these calls, they're set up, they're looking around like who can adapt to this digital age. They want to have you public facing because you've got a great camera. They, they, they trust you. They know you can talk to people beyond even the technical aspects and the gear and all of that. They know you've been public facing, speaking to the public for years. They've seen you teach. They've seen you talk. They've seen you perform. You've built goodwill and trust. And so all these organizations are looking around and they'll see some of these other, you know, there might be other great violists out there. There might be other great violists out there, but <laughs> all these other great performers out there might not have that skill set. Uh, or are at the big, yeah, there might, there might be other good know. violists what out a, there. Yeah. Man, what a concept, right? Know. God, do they, are there other viewers, period? <laughs> Wait, are there any virtuosic bassoonists out there that are like destroying repertoire um, scene? But like, th there's not that many people who can do this unique combination. And so that's something we're always talking about is that it just really helps to be good or good at other things, interested in other things, having an interesting background, whatever combination that makes you, you is your unique selling point. It's not being really good at X thing. It's the combination. That's what's really going to help you excel in this. And we hit a horrendous time economically combined with pandemic. And that's unique skill set that might not have appeared as valuable before is now everything. You've been talking to the camera for a long time. I don't have to remove your verbal oh, fillers. I have to ax mine all the time. And so I am being punished <laughs> editing because, you know, and um, likes and running on sentences into these things. You don't have to do that. So you're saving me time and I'm making my life miserable. So, <laughs> bro, this is the process. I don't think you get it, bro. <clears throat> I wish every one of y'all could sit down. Let's go back five years. Go back five years in the past. 2015, when TVK didn't even know how, how to, what the exposure triangle was and was trying to make his DSLR, his brand new DSLR work. But half his videos would come out on the first shoot. They would come out blurry. So I'd have to shoot the whole video again. Or it, the, the camera would die because I didn't know to have the bad, extra batteries prepared. Or, you know, my memory card would fill up in the middle of recording. And I would have said something dope, <laughs> but then it, it didn't capture it. And I'd already been shooting for 30 minutes. Dude, all of those fuck, fucking mistakes that just make you like, that make you feel this way. I felt them all, bro. And nobody knew about it. They just saw like my shitty cons. They were like, ha, okay. <laughs> That's fine. But they didn't realize like every post was a battle. It was a f 
fucking battle. And then over time, you <clears throat> do get better because you are like, hey, I don't want to add another um anymore. Or maybe I'll just try to speak slower this time because then I'm going to be able to think about my thoughts before I say them. And then there will be a better through line. And then it also may be more compelling when I slow things down. And I just had these subtle realizations slowly over like the course of years. <laughs> and then it manifests in this podcast now because I've just been doing it for a minute. So you're still, you're I'm on this journey, it. bro. And you're getting better. So I wouldn't I've be been, discouraged, man. I've had no problem speaking partially because of teaching. Uh, I don't, I don't mind it. I'm more terrified mm. of performing and doing musical mm. things than talking. Hence podcast, <laughs> not, I'm not live shooting concerts. Uh, but specific, specific to that, uh, I just wanted to reiterate one thing that, again, often we think of these skills as the technical side of things. Oh, they're very good at Photoshop. They're very good at Adobe Premiere. <laughs> they're very good at this instrument. But these other, I don't know if we call them soft skills or hard skills, but you, you just being able to yeah. speak clearly, pause, coherent sentences not fill with verbal fillers all these little things what's nice about that is that it really translates across the board it's kind of like getting fast at typing like that that benefits so many things it's interesting like taking care of your health it trickles into so many other areas that have really untold benefits because it's not so niche it translates to so many other parts of your life your personal life can have a better dating life because <laughs> you can you're more confident in your voice. I, I do. I better dating life <laughs> but for sure. It's nice that you've put in time into this. Uh, it, even a comparison would be you know training your musicianship rather than just training your instrument, which is something I need to do. But mm. getting generally good at the mm -hmm. the idea, the concept of music understanding music all those other ear training and theory things well those are specific they can meld together in some package you, like you know when you bump into a great musician and it's it's this incredible astounding thing to where they seem like the total package that allows them to translate those skills into into the specifics of the niche so it's really taking advantage of this particular skill and making it more useful because it can translate and help you with the particular technical or expertise driven needs and skills. So the package is, is, and has paid off already. Appreciate that, man. You know what is, is crazy. It's like when you work on yourself, I think we were talking about this with Winton. It's like a lot of this is like your self work. You know, and when you are more at peace with yourself, it, that it's it's an implicit, it's it's implicit, right? Like you can't you can't explicitly express that to an audience, but they feel it and they know it. And when they do feel it, they gravitate towards like a person who seems like they're uh, just learning a little bit every day. Like that energy, that energy of like constantly looking for improvement and growth is so contagious and i think that that is the type of 
thing that I don't know that I'm really attracted to. It doesn't matter who it is. I want to be around people that are continuing to try to grow and rethink the world and come up with new solutions. That's so, those are my people. So if you can find a, a sort of like a pathway that is, that turns you on about who you are as a person, like you'll find other people that resonate with you in that way. Like you could be a person that, you know, just really is passionate about dogs. And then you go and you start a foundation that researches the cognitive capabilities and, and depth of dogs, right? And then you write a book that changes the world and then people look at dogs differently. Like you just dog have to mentality. find whatever it is in you. Dog mentality. Dude, he, I don't think he really says dog, like David Goggins says anything about dog <laughs> mentality in the book. But uh, he does have a dogged mm -hmm. demeanor where he, he loves <clears throat> discomfort. You know? How do you feel Every about day. discomfort, bro? It, I Every day, what's the most uncomfortable thing? Wake you up do every day? and look at that schedule. <laughs> no, but I think ah. to you, a nice, easy segue back into another piece of the puzzle of things yeah. I'm working with and figuring out the discomfort. Yeah. I don't want to go too far into this because we'll bring it up later. But starting a company with a friend, with a, a colleague of mine, mm -hmm. uh, Tom, and it's we're so working on the title of the company but my new area of interest is in business and that's something specifically mm. in talks with you and talks with Winton and talks with a lot of the people we've talked with and it's it's underway so in just a month or so we've got a team of five three developers on board they're all skilled Dang. they're amazing and <clears throat> having weekly meetings calls with respective users long and short I think the Airbnb of concerts. You've got artist profiles, you've got venue profiles, mm -hmm. put them together, making it easy to mm -hmm. handle the annoying pain points that first 10 hours of finding a concert. I'm in a new city. I want to play somewhere. Where can I play? Who do I contact? We, we're just trying to solve that simple thing. Mm -hmm. So we've been going to, that wasn't a great pitch and that wasn't the pitch, but I've been working on We've been working on pitches. I get it. Like That's developing clear. a pitch deck, these slides, so that when we have these conversations, it can look great. It can look sexy. Marketing copy, colors, logos, image. And what's been really exciting for me is to figure out how to actually run a meeting <laughs> in an effective method. And so for all of us, like why we teamed up to do this thing is one, it can <clears throat> help solve some of these pain points, these annoying things musicians don't like to do. It has potential to be a very useful service, useful business. But really for me, is it's a growth opportunity to learn the skills and test out the skills of actually running something. I've been working with mm -hmm. so many other people and collaborating on other things, but never in this sphere. And conversations with you and Winton uh, just most recently and Sam and even just at my own company that I work with at Tonebase, like seeing how they run things. It's kind of inspired me uh, to really go out and be a part of something else. So that's another avenue. It's a long play. Who knows when it pays out? But Beautiful. What, I, what kind of sold it for me was that even if at any point of this, if it just failed completely, if it stopped, 
I would have at least gained some skills and knowledge into how to run something, how to develop an idea, how to actually get something out in the world. How do you space that out? This is a five, 10, 20 year idea. Work backwards. What do I need to do to get there? And what do I need to do with the time given? This isn't a full-time thing. It can't be. I've allotted um, a lot of trust into other people. I've devoted a set amount of time and it gets that set amount of time, but really mm -hmm. the What's different, I'd say, as we're getting closer to our 30s, <clears throat> some of us more closer than others. Um, it like that's one of the big switches was kind of deciding like, hey, <laughs> I don't, it, I don't do this because I like don't like working for the man or I don't like working for other people. I actually, love my job. That's why I'm sticking around. I love working with things as a team, and so this kind of merges job world so to speak and artistic collaboration world i'm collaborating on a company mm. we're, we're in these calls together each week mm. shooting it yo we collab on a podcast bro this is mm. the like supreme we collab collab and so it's another avenue <laughs> business venture <laughs> with collaboration so yeah no no real specifics on that but that's a new piece of my puzzle the most recent addition to the puzzle that is my life that's so gary v of you it's like just go and do it and even if it fails you might have learned something and like that little seed of of knowledge would have helped you somewhere else case in point i used to stream for this company and see they, they were like they paid me to like mm -hmm. stream on their platform which they should have and they they helped me they got equipment for me like this webcam i'm using right now they bought it for me and they sent it to me when i was in missouri so it was like a good deal so i was while i was playing with the missouri symphony in 2016 and then went back to the dorm that we had and then i would stream for like three hours <laughs> i would just stream my practice like that and so that was my first ever this was before instagram had its own live feature this was before mm -hmm. all of that stuff right um but i i was easily able to do instagram live streaming because like it was like amplify it was the same thing you have to talk to the chat you talk to the chat <coughs> you let the conversation or the show develop based off of what the chat is saying or whatever the chat asks for and so it's like this cool little skill that even though that company failed and i didn't really build a robust viewership there i the skills that weren't lost right and i was able to translate that to instagram and now hopefully twitch you know which is which is happening sooner than people think so i'm ready for it we'll but see I, I love that it this is a new mindset yeah, for me man. i didn't always think this way and it's helped mm. my approach mm. because i've had these Instead of finding out these ideas later and looking back on <clears throat> a job or position and then, you know, in hindsight, realizing what I gained from it, I might not have been as happy at it during the time when I should have been or could have realized what it did for me. And I think for all of the things I've done recently within the past year, um, so right around pod time, that's the idea of realizing that. No matter what, for years and years and years, the pod doesn't have to make a dime. It takes up our time, but I love it. And it's mm -hmm. building these other 
skills. It's built, and so even skills. if even yeah. if they came in and you know our hosting platforms lost all the content, all my hard drives failed, we lost everything. Well, I'd be like, "Fuck!" I'd be so pissed. Um, and yeah, Dropbox <laughs> crashes, Google Drive cash, crashes, Blackface. Literally, my or Quintuple. Yeah, everything has crashed. Uh, Quintuple backed up files all crash. <laughs> I wouldn't feel too terrible because I know this one. The conversations we share. <laughs> and the moments we 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 share together were the the greatest treasure, the national treasure. The greatest declaration of independence. <laughs> John Cage, come steal, come steal my founding document. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, the the skills, like they've already helped. I can see it in action. Mm-hmm. Me in conversations with all these people for this new business venture, this Airbnb of concerts. I probably still would have been okay, but. And there's still plenty to work on because it's a different skill set. Trying to pitch someone or trying to run a meeting, it's very different. But it would not have gone as well. It could have been exponentially worse had I not been talking into a camera and talking into a microphone for hours. Particularly when things are looser. Like I can't sit around and plan three, min- you know, three hours for this side hustle project for people. It's, it's a pretty quick turnaround. Like, what is the most efficient way to get something out of these 30 minutes one time a week with everyone on board? And being able to riff, listen when I'm needed, take over when I'm needed, is skills that were built here and developed here. Wow. And in just a year, man, imagine like, and that's the thing, like we've been doing this podcast for just a little bit over a year. And, uh, you know, it's, we have way more listeners than we did on day Word. one. That's Shout you. out to you, Megan fam. But, uh, but see, like the growth, it, it was kind of like, I was talking to Ken yeah. last night. I was talking to him about, about girls. He, he said, uh, I, I liken this podcast to like <laughs> finding the one, you know, finding th- that core that core group of listeners that are going to be your, your bedrock and your support and just like your, your most feverish fans. Right. And he said, he said to me about finding the one, he was like, you know, you only have to succeed once, you know, Mm -hmm. you fail a thousand times and succeed once that's a (laughs) failing grade, but it doesn't matter because you only need to succeed once. And sometimes people don't even really encounter somebody like that until they're like, 29 sometimes they encounter that when they're in kindergarten sometimes they encounter it when they're in high school but uh you know i think you just gotta like part of it is staying in the game continuing to be the best you can continue to improve improve then one day trevor you know we could find the one we could have a guest that just absolutely uh brings us 50 million <laughs> listeners and then that's it and then we we succeeded that one time bro joe rogan comes on <laughs> wow you know wow you know joe rogan on the fake faking those podcast and he just he does he brings the dmt <laughs> and then we <laughs> and starts he jamie it, and jamie too he brings jamie he comes too in there with us mushroom coffee and casper mattresses he's just like oh yeah Dude, that it? mushroom coffee is Sig- good. For Sigmatic. 
not the not psilocybin. No, no, no. no. I've had mushroom based coffee, but it's it's for the the caffeine, not the, other stuff. Not the the, the <laughs> drogas drogas. <laughs> Man, I miss Ken. Congrats to all of his recent successes. Um, Again, another person who's concert artist skills. Shout, Shout out, out Ken Kubota Fake FM. Empire Wild won. Uh, was it like uh, won their competition? But now yeah, they're like signed it's like the, with and they took also uh, Ariel Horowitz. She did well too. And what's really nice about it is mm. the, those other skills yeah. that probably got shunned. Of course, they're all four of them. So the three Empire Wildings and then Ariel, like all four of them, highly, highly skilled musicians. But all of the soft skills we just talked about are these auxiliary skills, or as they were thought of, editing, recording, mixing, singing other songs, playing pop. And with Ariel, she's singing, she's posting a lot on Instagram, very vocal, an advocate for a lot of things. That's... That's what help. That's what helps separate it. That suddenly they look like a more interesting total package, and like they're again living examples and getting recognized by a pretty prestigious classical music institution. And they probably at the time, just like with with Ken, what he was talking about with Ariel, posting to Instagram, posting these videos of his friends playing, um, forming a group with his friends and recording original music probably didn't seem normal to the classical music institution. And here they are getting repped and attention from one of the biggest organizations we have in our industry. So shout outs, shout outs to Ken and the rest of the crew. I was, I was talking to him. It's so funny. Shout outs for real. And, and he was very vulnerable uh, with me in our conversation last night. And I'm going to share anything like super crazy but a lot of the feelings he was echo, a lot of things he was saying, I like felt echo to me, like uh, how, you know, when you're at Juilliard and you're just like, not the chosen one, you're not the Kovner fellow, you're not the, the darling Scots who's been there one. since they were in elementary school. You were the chosen one. You were supposed to bring balance to the force. Like Quiznos in there. God, toasty. <laughs> Man, look, to be fair, he had the high ground. What? Didn't he read Sun Tzu? Damn. Dummy. <laughs> Star Wars memes aside, like, there is this moment, like, when you're, when you're just, like, this kind of, like, you perform. Like, I never had a successful performance at Juilliard. I always had significant mess-ups or memory slips. And this is just, I just didn't have enough you know, like experience with like being on stage in front of people. And I was getting it while I was at Juilliard. I was getting it by busking in the subways. I was getting it by gigging. I was getting it by teaching and just playing open mics and bars all the time. Like I was getting better, but it, it was still frustrating. And um, even after leaving Juilliard and not being able to win a job or even get into any summer festivals, bro, I was like, losing it i was like i i'm not i don't have what it takes to be in classical music world right and then all of a sudden 2020 rolls around and it's just like everything changed for me it's kind of like now classical music institutions are like wanting New York to film. do stuff for them collaborate with me <laughs> they still don't want to pay me though <laughs> but, 
but what I'm saying is like, you know, he, he was echoing like he didn't feel like classical music wanted him, and now to be vindicated by like such a wonderful organization, it's kind of like he realizes, and he told me he realizes like all that other stuff he did along the way is what made him made this possible, right? It's going off the beaten path. It's being different. It is turning your cello sideways and playing it like a guitar. Mm. You know, whatever that quirky thing is about you, that's what's going to really Because of this podcast, I've, and I've just had that same conversation with other people multiple times. It's uncanny. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm surprised. I'll be, t- you know, how's the weather? And they'll be like, so how do you make it in this industry? <laughs> it's like, it's like, okay. And so when I told them, you know, it's, it's kind of oh abbreviated version, but that's pretty much how it goes. And that's how it goes, bro. Yeah. The thing I keep saying is, I don't have to reiterate it. You just said it so perfectly. All of being great at the violin isn't everything. Almost always, it's that weird, quirky thing that people remember that adds value. Taylor Rossi. The Positivity Club. Loves pie, loves yoga. I still remember that. How long has it been? It's been a while. All of these other people, like their unique backgrounds is the the selling point and it's what adds value to their craft it supports their craft lee colston his background and working in high security prison guard in philadelphia now suddenly he's a great writer he has this background these stories his plays talk about it he starts mm-hmm. writing for fargo and for life and all these other shows that are related to it because he's, he's literally been there he knows what it's like he can add value in that way. So many stories, like what we've already just talked about, what you've iterated, what Ken's iterated. That's my new pitch to everyone. It's like, they're like, oh, I really want to get into, say, film scoring or something like that. I just asked them, okay, instead of just getting really good at film scoring, what do you actually like? Like, what else do you want to do? Everyone, everyone loves films. It seems like a very alluring prospect to have people care about what you do which is a new concept for classical composers, <laughs> having an audience. Uh, and film's a great place to be that. And so I'll get, you'll get a lot of classical composers. Like what I did, just try to really diversify, be able to do it all, write a generic film score, suspense, horror, action, jazz, whatever. And the thing I'm noticing for people who have really found success, sk- skip the line, so to speak, while they have this nice base level set of skills that can handle a lot of these things, really mm-hmm. their unique mm-hmm. selling point, whatever else their background is, that's what helps them out. Um, like for instance, mm-hmm. oh, of course I'm going to blank, uh, Nicholas Bertel, uh, coming in and doing the big short. He used to do the big short because he worked on Wall Street. Maybe not because, but very skilled composer. Comes in, has this set background, gets to, to write, you know, the financial movie <laughs> of, the, of the century. And he worked on Wall Street, so he had that experience. Very similarly, there's all sorts of these stories that how they got that is because of their unique backgrounds, not necessarily because they're the best for the score or whatever. You know, a hundred, the, and the next hundred people after him would have done a great job on that movie. What made it special, what made it unique, Mm-hmm. was that experience so for everyone like that thing that you you think's a hobby 
we're not advocating like monetizing it, but just consider that part of your, your package, part of your puzzle. Talk about it. Put it in your bio. Throw it out there into the world because that might be what sells someone on your next big project. Bro, that's brilliant work. I, I, there's a book. Read, help me read. There's a book that I recommend that actually personifies this kind of idea that you were highlighting, you know, the stickiest things about people, the sticky points. It's this book called Made to Stick, Why Some Ideas Survive and Others Die. And it's a book by two brothers, Chip and Dan Heath, H-E-A-T-H. And it is, to this date, still one of the best marketing books I've ever read. Um, it really talks about how to, how you really kind of build your niche is how you stick in people's minds. It, can people easily go back and tell their friends about what it mm -hmm. is that you do? And if, if what you do is sticky, it means it's unique. It's easy to explain. And it's the one thing that people will always remember about you. You know, people always remember Air Jordan from Michael Jordan. That one time he did the the split in the air and and, and did the uh, did the dunk. You know, like those moments don't always happen. So every time you wake up in the morning, you got to realize today is the day I can make the sticky thing about my brand. Today could be the video that people remember me for, right? Today, today is the day that you know I could make a beat that goes super viral and it's, and, you know, that's, that's it. I'm now writing music. I mean, for think of big hip hop, like artists, Post Malone. Right? So like, that's the joke about, he's one of the first people we talked about when we had this podcast, but kind of just seems to stumble into fame. He could not have imagined that his, mm -hmm. sometimes his just, like, you know, but, and, and lucky. the thing I give <laughs> uh, you know. credit for is that you can kind of tell the interviews with, I mean, while he's a quirky guy and he bumps into some of the Hollywood stuff, you can kind of tell <laughs> he's somewhat self-aware that he, in air quotes, you know, shouldn't be there or like it, it wasn't, you know, it was a flip of a coin, whether he was going to be posting to SoundCloud, you know, from some garage in the middle of nowhere or mm -hmm. having an insanely mm -hmm. successful album and career. And he kind of, kind of knew that, like he really burst onto the scene, but he didn't know when his moment was. And it happened, and now he's here to stay, at least. Uh, so many of these other artists, here to stay. a very similar boat, similar story. And that could happen to you. Did you, did you, hear, did you hear my Joe Rogan? He, Joe Rogan asked him like a really deep question. He was like, bro, I don't know, I'm like 25. And then Joe, <laughs> Joe lost his shit. And, and I think it's that humility that actually makes post Malone like endearing to me he doesn't act like he knows anything he's just himself he's just doing his thing and I, like I respect that even though uh, I'm gonna say or... something controversial I'm gonna say something controversial are you ready I, I think he is another reincarnation of like another person that I do like a lot Justin hey, uh... Timberlake who is the avatar for white people about what it feels <laughs> yeah. like to be black. You know, that there always seems to be like a few artists that are like, 
Pretty much kind of like ta- performing in a Elvis. traditionally African-American, like, yeah, Elvis, right? But they do it in a way that's kind of watered down and and a way that like white audiences will consume. And then it's kind of like, white men. weird. I mean, like, this is history. And he just straight up had it in his name. Like, it's just like it's white rough. man. It's like so clear. Paul Whiteman. That's hilarious. That white man's dangerous. Oh my God. That's but hilarious. <laughs> Pocahontas has, has bars, but dude. It's a very good point. I wanted to segue towards the end of this, towards the end of this discussion is yeah, that for sure. the other piece of the puzzle. So I mentioned the job, so to speak, music related, love it, satisfies the technical aspect. Yeah, tell me. The new business, mm-hmm. love it, growth, satisfies another piece. And the one thing I didn't talk about that you opened with mm-hmm. was kind of the art, the craft. And so I've been very fortunate uh, to still have projects coming in of all sorts of, of types, some exciting collaborations uh, coming through the pipeline with people I love, some long-term, some short-term. I've done a bunch of really cool commercial work, so to speak, but where it's an audio brand, like say like Can a podcast theme and about? someone's, I guess, kind of YouTube fly in Um and so that one's exciting. There's one, mm-hmm. her name's Dr. Tanya Harrison. She's great. I might shoot a little wow. video just talking through it because it's <coughs> just a 10 second piece of music, you know, over the branding, the audio thing. And it's really fun. You should and so do I, it. like, she's a, she's a scientist. Um, I hate to do this, but like in the Neil deGrasse Tyson vein, because she, of course, is, is an educator too. She's an educator and an artist. She's really she's an educator. Yeah. Great videos, really interesting person. One of her coolest jobs. Mm-hmm was just kind of like the photographer of Mars. When they landed the rover, her, she was in charge of the camera Whoa. and taking photos. So it's this weird oh, hybrid shit. of art and science that just fascinates me. So a really awesome person, a uh, friend of ours, Scout James, great web, web designer and actor. He uh, worked with him on a film. He's doing uh, half and half web design acting. And so he... Brought me in. Hey, do you do this? I do this. It was a really fun gig. To how to make a great ten seconds <laughs> that really feels unique and for that person. And I can. I'll, I'll make some type of video. That's one of the things I want to do is just just to document some of these projects. But there's a lot of things like that. Uh, but one of the faults of this new schedule, we talked about all the routine strategies. A lot of the things that have been improving. It's, it's enlightening to me what gets left behind. And I've fallen back into that track to where the third piece of that puzzle uh, is the art. It's kind of taken a back seat because it feels less urgent. Even when it's urgent, mm-hmm. things have been delayed. Working on this awesome film, at least, thank, mm-hmm. thank God, it got delayed itself mm-hmm. on the release. But mm-hmm. it is this weird mm-hmm. thing that I need to solve to where almost throughout my entire career, the art has been the last piece of the puzzle. You know what it is, bro? I, I I literally have, like, I had a, when you said that my brain blew up because I'm thinking that, you know, the, the work that I've done in saving money, and we talked about this with Winton, pay yourself first whenever you get a check. Send, before you even pay any bills, send like 30% of it to your savings, right? Maybe we have to do that with our time as artists. Cause like this is something I was talking about also 
you feel like you're spending your time in your talents, building somebody else's dreams, right? In exchange for money, you need money. And that's part of your value to the universe. You are a musician. You, your skills help projects breathe. But as an artist, you need to pay yourself first too. So one thing that I'm really going to try to start doing is just making sure before I even do my emails, <laughs> before I do anything else, I need to have spent 15 minutes writing some music or doing something like that. So I'm going to give that a try. See if that changes. I, it's it's been an ongoing battle my whole life, like resisting practicing, resisting mm -hmm. all these other things. Mm -hmm. And that's what's been nice about having this business coach mm -hmm. and working on routines and stuff is just mm -hmm. paying someone to point it out. She's really helped me and she's wonderful because for instance, <laughs> normally when you bring up, hey, like I'm getting a still while well, still in the works, like a promotion, promotion at this job, and I'm working on this company and all these cool things. Mm -hmm. And she just so clearly stated, Well, how are you gonna do that? Like, what about are you doing this to avoid other things? You know, very clearly, very therapist-like. She's like, where are those oh, hours going to come from? And that was nice. the correct response. And so she talked about putting up guardrails Oof. instead of like, yay, more cash or yay, more work responsibilities. She was really looking out for the art and the craft. Like, what's going to satisfy you in the long term? What is setting you up for future success? Ooh. And so I thought about that Ooh. as far as like, setting up guardrails on my craft. Um, the hardest part too, as now we're both very busy, is finding that balance and prioritizing. So mm. I've been implementing the strategies we've talked about. Uh, it wavers, it does some good for me sometimes, uh, not others, but the nice thing is that it at least clarifies a little bit more of time and priorities and what needs to be shifted. Mm -hmm. Because if I'm missing yes. artistic deadlines, as I am, it's not good. It's, it's simply not mm -hmm. good. It's not good for them. It's mm -hmm. not good for me. And mm -hmm. that needs to be adjusted or just understood. If I want to do less of those, I need to account for less of those. And mm -hmm. or if, if they really mm -hmm. are going to be the priority, I should treat them like the priority and figure out how to incorporate that into my day-to-day. -day. So I just want to let everyone out there know that, mm -hmm. well, yes, I'm continuing that, my artistic pursuits out there. But it's been real difficult, even with all these other things improving. But I guess that's life. It's always a struggle. Like what you, bringing it back. How do we tackle the disappointments and the struggles? Dude, it's like Sims. Bro, oh, bro, have you ever played I Sims? To. I had a big Sims face. Dude, dude, I, my brother's still in it. But like, And I love Sims. And I think that the Sims are such a great, template and sandbox for really understanding your own life and that like sometimes like right now you have to go pee and then sometimes you need fun and if you're like sim isn't having enough fun they don't do their job well they don't they don't cook well they'll like make more mistakes they'll start <laughs> making fires but if you're not getting sleep the person your, your sim will just fall asleep standing up on the way to the bathroom <laughs> If they have to use the bathroom, then they're going to pee themselves and then they got to shower. So it's like, if you really neglect yourself, if you neglect your needs and, and the things that you need to do, including fun, including leisure, your whole other life falls out of balance. And so I think that that's one of the lessons that I'm learning is that, you know, we're taught in our 20s to just sacrifice everything in pursuit of like, 
building something meaningful, build, building something meaningful for yourself by the time you're 30. And then it's like, you develop a lot of pathologies. You don't take care of yourself. You don't eat well. You don't sleep well. You, you, you don't, you just kind of sacrifice everything. And then you enter your thirties being all banged <laughs> up. And so I felt like, ah, uh, like between 19 and 28, I just beat the crap out of my body and my mind. Uh, and trying to have more balance. So I love that you're searching for that yeah. too. Cause it's, it's not it's been difficult. easy and it is hard to kind of, get off the treadmill like i feel like i'm back on the treadmill just trying to survive because one too many yeah. things clashed into each other and it only really leads as i'm realizing it saying yes to all these things and doing all these things and not being honest with yourself and what you actually want to do or the timeline things mm -hmm. take it's you uh, everyone loses because then you're disappointed you know your, your <laughs> clients your friends are disappointed and even worse, you're disappointed in yourself for disappointing them. And so it kind of spirals out. So it is. Yeah, it's, it's a disappointment tornado. Tornado. <laughs> Episode title. Dude, a tornado of disappointment. I love uh, but, that. Yeah. So, you know, things, there, there are a lot of positives of our lives right now. We're very mm -hmm. fortunate to both be busy mm -hmm. and doing well when everything else is seemingly on fire around us in our industry and in the world. But, you know, there's always room for improvement and it's been nice sitting back, thinking about analyzing and taking that information to try to just get a little better every day and have a little better life and mm -hmm. give back to the community uh, in just a, a little better ways. Hell yeah, man. I want to shout out, like, I want to shout out a couple things I've been watching. Um, I've been watching a couple of YouTube channels that are fundamentally changing my mindset on my value to society, but also how to capture the value that I do create for society to make sure I'm more financially um, mm -hmm. together and robust. And the first channel is called Economics Explained. Um, I really, truly believe, and this sounds very nerdy, I think that your ability as an entrepreneur is often tethered to your ability to understand economics. And understanding economics is, it's non-negotiable. It makes so, it, it makes the emotions behind your decisions, it, it lays them to bear. And then it allows you to make better decisions because you're seeing what the general trend is with humans. And then you zoom out and you're like okay so we're all jumping off a bridge why are we jumping off a bridge uh the bridge isn't even like stable it can't even hold all of us so why am i even going on top of the bridge why don't i just stay here and build a house <laughs> right <laughs> so I, I think that like when you understand those things that's really helpful so it's called economics explained there's another channel that i watch called minority mindset and it's by this uh this Sikh dude who has the Always. dopest beard ever Always. and the flies turban. Dude, he is swag. He's an attorney, a uh, financial attorney and real estate investor. And he talks about money. He talks about all things money. He talks about interest rates. He talks about how the banks work. He talks about investing works, how to run money for real estate deals and things like that. He talks about everything money. 
and it's called the minority mind mindset i highly recommend you go watch that because i think that also as an entrepreneur it is unacceptable mm -hmm. to not understand money you have to understand money like businesses understand money businesses that are successful understand money businesses that aren't successful and fail during economic times don't understand money because they don't have any cash on hand. They never saved cash reserves. These are just basic principles. And so uh, I think that it, if I ever want to continue to grow as a person and as an entity and run businesses, I want to run businesses intelligently. And I don't want to have a business that has very high risk mm -hmm. for no reason, right? For, save for my own ignorance and negligence. So. Uh, I love it. It really sounds like, you know, just in, in all aspects of life, have a strategy, have a framework, think about it. So if it's not mm. even just the economics of money, but the, the economy of your mind, of your health, of your happiness, you know, have a happiness reserve, mm. have a mm. emotional savings yes, account. Do I have a, dude, you got an emotional savings account with that Man, little, dude, that little emotional Shiloh. savings account is taken away from my sleep bank. He's depleted man. <laughs> stocks are falling on, on young Shiloh, man. If he keeps waking me up. Well, welcome to, uh, yeah, man, welcome just to the thinking, children. Like, oh my God. Apparently. I can barely deal with it. And this is dog. Oh my God. But shout out to the parents. Out there. Oh my. And it's a human that like, That's looks a like you. Year, oh God. 25 to like, 30 year package. Like, <laughs> dude, the way the economy's <laughs> going, that's, that's a for life deal. You're going to be, you're going to be giving them rent. Yeah. When they sixty four, like, I'll, I'll get you your plane tickets saying? home for Christmas, and you're eighty. <laughs> yeah, uh, thanks. <laughs> and you got to buy your grandkids plane tickets. Your 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 daughter in law's paying. Anyway, okay, sorry. Thanks again, too everyone. Long, too long. I just wanted to fill you in with, you know, what we're up to. Just a little snapshot <laughs> of yeah, making notes host at this yeah. day and age. We're excited to check this in, and I'm, I'm curious to listen back to this, and you know, a year from now. And just see what, what we're up to, what we're thinking, how we're feeling. Bro, if you listen to October 2019, what we were talking about, dude, we sound like we've aged 10 years. We're talking about investments and sort of businesses. Back then, we were talking about like Ted Bundy licking booties. Like <laughs> the good old days. What happened? What happened to us, Trevor? I miss the old memes, man. Good times. But good times man right. we're gonna keep moving forward thanks for listening stay thanks safe everybody guys peace peace